Hello and welcome to Unroll Mapping episode 130. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. 130 episodes of excellence. That's it. Eh, about like 122 <laughs> episodes of excellence. Which eight? Dis- excluded you can decide i'm never going i don't know i just picked a number <laughs> go to my grave not knowing which eight <laughs> uh welcome everyone it's a normal mapping the video game podcast that's it that's what we do here video games video games what have you been doing gaming wise very little gaming um i'm not gonna lie it's been you know earlier in this year i was big on playing a bunch of video games um I have now swung over the other way, uh, but I've still played a couple of video games. To what? What, what? What have you swung over to? Watching a bunch of anime and movies and stuff. Well, not even movies. It's mostly just anime because I've got lots to watch. <laughs> and okay. now I have to watch, you know, Majitoku for the other thing, uh, um, which is fine. Sometimes that's where the pendulum swings. Uh, I did play a bit of Rogue Legacy 2, though, um, and I played the, the new Stanley Parable version. Well, talk about both those. Please explain to the people what either of those are. Okay, so uh, Rogue Legacy 2 is the sequel to the 2013 roguelike Rogue Legacy, um, which is a uh, particularly progression-focused roguelike um, about the ways in which your run allows you to get more things in the run, to get more upgrades, to do more runs. Um, And this uh, new game, which is out of... uh, out of beta, I guess. It was 1.0 version. I don't know. I don't know. You follow the early access thing. It came out. People were talking about it. And people said it was largely improved from the first game, which is uh, fairly limited and got kind of stale pretty fast. Uh, this is a f- far more expanded like game to play. You have multiple different movesets. The way you fight the enemies has changed a lot. Uh, you have different approaches. But because it is fundamentally the same treadmill, it still took two hours for me to realize that... Um, I was I was just it was just had just become a clicker, uh, even though a lot of like they have put a lot of work into uh, expanding the ways in which you can engage with the game. It still encourages you uh, to be on that treadmill. Yeah, the 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 design, even though it's expanded in the um, like moment to moment play, because it still has the like same uh, core. I just saw the treadmill very fast, uh, and uh, it took about two hours for me to get bored of it. Even though I recognize, like, it does play better, but it still kind of plays like Rogue Legacy, um, it, which is to say fairly middling as a platformer Castlevania ripoff is is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find it, like, that expressive or cool. Uh, but again, it was, you know, if, if that's the thing you were looking for, uh, it'll have that. Uh, but when it comes to... Uh, roguelikes that are actually clickers and kind of inspired by Castlevania uh, Vampire Survivors is my go-to this year <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the new Stanley Parable stuff uh, I played that I was very curious because I saw people talking about it um, I don't know how much specifics I want to go into because it's all uh, very spoilery um, but I think what is the Stanley Parable we have people who were not paying oh no so the stanley parable is a half-life 2 mod from 2011 i believe uh which then became played that version which then is released into the stanley parable a standalone game from 2013 which has now been re-released as the stanley parable deluxe super deluxe whatever they gave it a silly name uh and is a game uh about uh, a man named Stanley that goes through a like 
Half-Life 2 level with voiceover triggers, right? Uh, and it is based around the narrator that says, Stanley went through the left door, and then you can choose to go through the right door, and then the narrator reacts. And uh, from that simple tension, expands in a lot of ways to explore uh, ideas of game design uh, and what have you. Uh, really like of the moment of the early teens in terms of video games yeah. and what people were talking about. powerfully of its time so i was very curious to go back to it and see what that played like uh now uh and i think it plays fairly similar. one of the better i want to say uh, i think stanley parable is very cool it's one of the better ones of that era yeah i think the thing that's cool about stanley parable is it really commits uh, it goes hard in every direction um and i think that is true of the the new stuff i think there's some new stuff here that's like some of the best stanley parable stuff uh, especially when it's like talking about the ideas of stanley parable itself um like because it's no longer a game about video games because it's, it's a game about stanley parable because stanley parable has existed for a decade and has culture around it so you have to talk about that as well and they do and i think that stuff's really good um i think the more broad they do some just like broader here's what it is about game sequels parodies that i think is a bit weak uh which i think just is in line uh with how i feel about stanley parable generally and the, because it's so expansive um it like its premise is bad or at least very hokey but it knows its premise is very hokey it knows like do you know you're playing a video game and this can blah 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 uh, and through knowing that takes it to like as logical and extreme as possible into very cool places uh and that just continues to be true now there and some of those extremes are really interesting uh some of them like get into really cool thematic roads um and some of them are kind of like really bad old jokes about video games. Uh, and it commits to each of these possibilities as hard as it can. Uh, and so generally I think it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, though the, the shadow hanging over uh, the Stanley Parable, <laughs> um, uh, this one, this new one, whatever the subtitle is, is that the Beginner's Guide exists. <laughs> and all of the best stuff in this new Stanley Parable is about the tension between uh, artists and audience and artist and artist itself and like what is the point of making art when art is a you know uh inherently flawed realization of an idea that you did have within yourself um and how do you go about this process and what it means to have like critical praise that seemingly strips everything you meant to do from the work etc 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 all of this is done better in the beginner's guide which is a like incredible game uh and at no point do they like bring that in to the stanley parable like there's no i think i think it would be the beginner's guide is like really meditative and melancholy and stanley parable is like a goof i think yes. it'd be bad to backfeed that because they talk so explicitly about like I guess I'll get into some like primacy spoilers uh, about the Stanley Parable. If you haven't played the new one, you know I'm not I'm not going all the way, but they talk explicitly about like the Stanley Parable was a 2013 game and had the like there is a picture of a GameSpot review of the Stanley Parable in the Stanley Parable uh, new version in one of the paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because they decide to do that, like I would generally agree, uh, but they don't then bring in like what the other works that spin off from this are. Uh, and the idea of like there is a better version of this but it was you know when you talk about the extreme high praise reaction to the stanley parable the next sentence is and then he made a better game and it was a kind of cultural disaster because video games weren't ready for like normal movies uh and this game is just not it's just not touching that but that's what i think of uh not that it would be necessarily better if it did touch it but it is like a tension there mm. um but i i mostly had a good time uh, uh, i'm it's cool i 
the Sandy Parable still has cool stuff. Though, um, actually, there was one thing I do want to mention. So, you know, the, um, the famous, one of the best bits in Stanley Parable is when you load up Minecraft. Yes. Uh, there's a bit in Stanley Parable where if you keep just disobeying his orders, he goes, all right, I guess you're bored of this game. Let's give you another game. And, you, and he loads up Minecraft. Uh, it, genuinely shocking moment in video games. Uh, that's changed uh, in the new version. Presumably, the, either the Minecraft writes or they just want to do something different. You load up uh, Firewatch yeah, instead. Yeah, I assume it was easier to mo- work with Mojang than it was on Microsoft. Well, you... you <laughs> yes. Uh, so you load up Firewatch, and then you get bored of Firewatch, and you load up Rocket League. And oh, that's fun. It's fun, but also it's like... It's, it's still essentially a translation of the same plot, and... It doesn't, like, textually at least explore what's interesting about this, which is the gulf in time between what that... Like, when you put my, uh, Minecraft in your indie game in uh, the early 2010s, that's, like, a, you know, cute reference to these, like, burgeoning phenomenons that uh, are, like, like, representative of the desires of the audience. And now it's, like, two huge corporate crossovers with, like, massive uh, industries in their own... Like, Firewatch, not an industry, but they did get bought... They're, like, Valve owns that game now. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think I would consider Firewatch. It's really the Rocket anymore. League thing. You yes, you, yeah. you go into Rocket League, and I'm like, this is an epic game that like the actual thing is, I'm like, these decisions were made five years ago when both those games were relevant. <laughs> well, that's oh, that's another thing is I don't know when these decisions. I bet the Firewatch decision was made significantly a while ago because this game was meant to yeah. come out. This is strongly delayed. Yeah. Um, because like neither like these days it would it would be like among us right like uh well that's the thing is that like it wouldn't be among us because um the stanley parables like of the older generation of games so like i assume their connections are still with those kind of stuff like, i'm just saying the whole point was that it was finding a contemporary game and uh neither of those two games is contemporary with now no but they are contemporary with like the stanley parable and what's happened to the huge successes of that wave oh, of indie fair. games uh is i is kind of what i meant but yeah um i don't really have much more to say but those are those are that's some of the gaming i've been doing uh not too uh, much. i was like i don't have a lot of games and then i realized i have like four things to talk about you've played an entire jrpg and that also doesn't count that i finished um i finished sable and sable's incredible one of the best games i've ever played absolutely people should play sable i loved it um good that's it runs like shit there's no excusing it but that you're just gonna have to put up with it it's worth it um but that was really good uh so i finished the caligula effect 2 uh which is the uh the uh rpg that everyone's been playing yes um it seems very cool i uh, I really want to play it um yeah i really enjoyed it um you know, in our circles, our, our friend circles and critical circles, there's a lot of shit talking about Persona as a franchise, uh, given that it's uh, about how a bunch of teens need to come to terms with their identities and then, uh, you know, uh, throw them all away and join society. Um, and it sucks and it's regressive. And Caligula Effect 2 just understands that you can write a more nuanced story than that. Like, it's not it's not it doesn't solve anyone's problems. But it's about, you know, you do the social links, basically. Kind of, there's no, like, there's no, like, dating sim points element to it, really, not in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just, you spend these times with these characters in between doing the games, and you get their stories. Because everyone's, like, isekai into, like, a v- virtual world. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so you find out what everyone was like on the, and the, the world is called, uh, or, like, the, the, the 
Hatsune Miku that pulled them all in is called Regret. So you find out through the rest links what everyone's like regret is that have why they're in this world. This is just um, lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the stories are just really good because they're not like they're not some of them are really surprising. They're not like super pat and they don't have like clean, obvious resolutions. It's like, well, once once we get out of here, you still got to figure it out. What are you going to do? And it's like, well, I, this has given me some perspective that I didn't have before and I can think about it and just like meditates on what those things mean. And just like, oh, you did character writing. You wrote characters that I like to see interact and talk through their feelings and problems. And that should be the lowest bar in the world to clear. And yet. <laughs> JPGs are not hard. We don't actually yeah. ask for much. Um, yeah. Um, so I really enjoy the game. Cannot recommend it enough. I played it on Switch and uh, that runs fine, but it looks really bad. I was looking at like, there's like a bad end that is obvious don't worry, worry about it but i was looking at the footage of it um on youtube um and it was like off the ps4 version i'm like man this is like this game looks sharp and nice i that's not my experience with playing clickle effect 2 on the switch uh looks bad um it's a game with no budget um but uh yeah it's pretty good um i recommend it if you like this style of rpg uh, I, I played in like a little under 30 hours i think yeah um, I did not do much side questing. Everyone, everyone has been playing it in like in our circle. It's not, it's not been like a huge success, but it's been a minor no. success enough for me to know multiple people playing through it, and it seems very cool. Um, and everything I've heard is that um, the first game is like not nearly as good, and you do not have to play it. So don't worry about don't it. Don't worry, I probably will. If I'm gonna play them, I will play them. <laughs> okay, uh, don't do that. But okay, I mean, literally, everyone's like, no, that that one has a shitty story and um, is not as fun. So uh, yeah, which is you know. It's on my list, but it's not high, right? Like, I also have a bunch of old Dragon Quest to play, which I'll probably play first. Mm. Um. Um, and then um, I tr I was going to play um, Prey, the 2017 game, uh, because uh, Sister Podcast oh, Journal Updated right. is doing an episode on Prey 2017. And I got about 90 minutes in, and I was like, this fucking sucks. This game's terrible. I hate this game. And deleted it. You um, got free. about... I I don't know, 10 minutes in before DMing me the actual ending of the game that you just uh, picked. Like, this is clearly the ending of the game. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, I wanted a Dishonored-like and it's a ham-fisted Bioshock riff. And uh, I thought it was miserable. Um, so anyway. Um, but then um, it was sitting in my Xbox library because I just buy stupid shit when it's on sale. Um, I loaded up Prey 2006. Um, everyone's favorite uh, human head, Native Americans, alien ab abduction shooter. That's true. Um, I don't have another which, one of those. <laughs> um, which uh, is a really cool game. I'm only I only got like a third in, and I got distracted by other things. And who knows if I'll go back? But I I really loved the third I played, and it was worth the like six bucks I paid for it on sale or whatever. Um, because you play this guy named Tommy and he's he's like on a reservation and he's like trying to get his girlfriend to leave with him. And she's like, no, I'm like, I live here. I like these people. This is this is my home. And he's like, but it sucks here. I hate the reservation. And then they get abducted. The whole reservation gets abducted by aliens um, and pull them into this giant nightmare ship where they're like, ex like extracting their like fluids or whatever. Some like dumb Duke, uh, Duke Nukem Forever shit. It's just like pure like. 90s cheese about like oh we're gonna turn the humans into meat or something it's very nebulous um but it turns out that um your grandfather who you always thought was full of shit when he talked about like native magics was actually not full of shit and uh 
you you have the ability to like not die because of some magic powers um and you escape and start murdering all the aliens um and the main mechanics this is a uh doom 3 like in tech 4 like it's using the doom 3 engine um the main thing is it's a shooter with like six guns or whatever and the guns are like alien guns are kind of goofy like your grenade is like a weird three-legged alien that you throw at guys you have to pick them up as they scurry around the ship um on that one of your guns strangers like, wrath bullshit yeah one of the guns is like a, a a heat ray and an ice beam and you have to like pull whichever one you want to charge up from like consoles in the ship like coolant or like you know plasma or whatever um fun stuff like that but uh the main thing is you can go into spirit form to like get through gates and stuff as a ghost um to solve minor puzzles it's not super super complicated and then if you die um your your spirit goes into like a spirit realm where you uh you just do some target practice against some like little ghosts that are flying at you and it helps restore your life and it, it like the more you hit in like the 30 seconds you have, the more life you have back when you res resurrect, and then you just keep doing that. It seems like there's no limit. It's like very, uh, it's very unpunishing about death in a way that video games would become in this generation. Mm -hmm. um, feels kind of early about that. Um, and then the main thing is the game's got a bunch of portals because um, the aliens have weird gravity and portal technology where they just will like portal in from random places. Um, and then you can go, the portals will just stay there and the portals will like, take you into like other rooms or other gravities in the same room. There's a lot of like, you go in a portal and it takes you into like the ceiling of the same room, but through like a weird box. And then you're fighting guys while they're on the floor, which is now the ceiling. Um, and it's just weird and goofy. There's like a lot of really neat uh, space mechanics in around the portals and gravity stuff. Like there's a lot of like areas where there's panels you shoot that will, when you shoot them, it activates them and it makes that down. And so you just like are going through these big corridors where you're constantly shifting what down is. Um, and it's, it's just really cool. I was really impressed with it. Um, I had a great time so far. Yeah, it seems cool. Yeah. Um, it's full on like you do levels. There's no fucking upgrade mechanics. You just play the video game. You get an achievement after every level. <laughs> as is tradition <laughs> 2006 is here uh yeah um so yeah i had a great time with that um and then um i played Gree greece wait you played i think it's greece i think i think it's greece because I, I think we i think there was a thing about this exact I think it's greece thing, yes, yes i think it's greece um i played greece um, I, you, you, I, first time hearing of this, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's like three hours long. And, um, I just did, was like, it was on sale or whatever. And I was like, you know, I haven't played one of these, like, just like high art platformers in a while. Um, and this one always seemed like, you know, the high art was especially like they turned the knob is, until it broke off, maybe at the expense of the game, but I, I couldn't tell. And so I played it and, um, it's all right. You know, I've played worse ones of these for sure. It's like a story about this girl who is in this world without color and every color is attached to an emotion and she's trying to gather the colors bring color back into the world and it's a metaphor for getting in touch with your emotions all that shit stupid doesn't matter it's like <laughs> a I'm, minute of cutscenes total throughout the game i'm like it's listening to you say that beautiful what i'm like listening to you say that and i'm like well that's intolerable but how's a platformer <laughs> um, yeah. so the actual thing is it's like these incredibly lush painted areas that you are platforming through and as you go through every color you unlock gives you a different movement like capacity 
So you'll get a double jump or you'll get a glide or you'll get like a uh, ability to use like these butterflies in certain areas to like rocket upwards. Um, and you can chain those together and you'll get a swim and like a swim dash and stuff like that. And um, as you unlock that stuff, um, a lot of it is like you go through the space and then you unlock the ability and then you go through the space again once you have the ability unlocked and like explore it differently. And um, that stuff just kind of fun. It's like it's not as inventive as like the floor is jelly, but it kind of is like similar sensibilities about like just, you know, go through a beautiful space and hang out. Mm -hmm. um, the puzzles are not very difficult. It is very there's like off the beaten path collectibles you can get if you want uh, that seem like they're harder, but I did not get most of them. Uh, if I saw them, I'd like try, but I didn't like. You know, I'm not like out here collecting strawberries in Celeste anymore. My life's not like that. Um, but it's like a solid three hours. You can pick that game up for under 10 bucks and you like this style of game. I had a pretty good time. Um, just, you know, I remember when this came up, people were like, oh, it's one of those that's like about depression and shit. Like, who cares? Fuck <laughs> um, you can do better. Even in like the cursed space of video games about mental illness. Um, but it is pretty and I did enjoy it. It was chill. Um, there's some good, there's some good like set pieces that I'm like, man, Ori in the Blind Forest is one of the worst games ever made because it is similar, but like not a, a game that sucks to play. Uh, every new thing I learn about Ori makes it come off even worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, if you're interested in this and if you if you are, you probably already played it. But uh, I was just in the mood for something a little. It wasn't an RPG, basically. Yes. Um, it's really easy to just uh, default to RPGs, but then they're so similar that you just like, it's like, you know, you have to detoxify. Yeah, and it, like I said, it was like three and a half hours. It was very... I played it over like three nights right before bed, basically. Um, anyway, um, the other game I have to talk about briefly is I played Star Trek Legends <laughs> on the VoIP Life that'll come out on Friday. I said Legacy, and it's not Legacy. It's Legacy. No, that's why I got um, confused. Yeah, that's why you got confused. Uh, look, now I d we fact check for this one. Anyway, this is the... Would be a gotcha, but it's on Apple Arcade because um, I just randomly picked up Apple Arcade again. I was like, eh, let's see what's on here. Um... This is what happens when you're bored, I guess. Um, and um, it uh, because Apple Arcade's like a paid service, they don't let games have microtransactions. So games are designed like they would be a normal mobile game, but then have that stuff taken out. Um, but like haphazardly, where like Star Trek Legends doesn't have a ma like the major energy currency for doing the story, but it does have like daily currencies for doing like your daily missions and stuff. And you still send shuttlecraft out in like a in like a Assassin's Creed, like put your extra guys that you pulled into a shuttle and you send them away for four hours and they come back and they give you materials. Um, and the more you, the better you put, the better chance they have of bringing back good materials sort of thing. And all that stuff's still in there and there's no way to speed it up because there's no money sink. Uh, so it just ends up feeling really awkward. Uh, and the story is like a, it's a four party RPG about everyone's been pulled into a scenario by the Nexus from Star Trek Generations. So it, it like lets Michael Burnham and Worf and, uh, you know, Janeway hangout. Um, and uh, you fight a bunch of, like, I fought Cardassians, and I fought Gore, and I fought Klingons, and Borg, and, you know, just pulling from everywhere. Um, story is kind of bad, though. So, like, honestly, I played, like, played it for, like, three days, and then I was like, there's nothing here. Um, and then stop playing. I, would, I wouldn't say I'd recommend it unless you really want numbers to go up, and for some reason you insist it be done in the Star Trek theme. <laughs> I just don't think it's a good one of those. <laughs> I absolutely insist that my numbers going up must be Star Trek themed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember you like, when like, it's fine. And then the next day you went to like do your Star Trek dailies and you, it was just like watching 
a cursed vision of yourself and you were like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, the actual, the actual, the actual thing that sucks about this one, uh, the game has three, like when you pull guys that are like 3d models, the combat's like four 3d models versus like four 3d models. But because of that, um, and because it's all star Trek themed, the gotcha part is not robust enough. I'm not pulling like all good things, future wharf, right? Like there's a wharf and there's like a Picard and there's a Jordy and there's a Riker. And I think that's all the, the TNG characters that you can get. Well, you can't even, you through. can't even pull Crusher. I think she might unlock later. Cause some of them are story bound. Okay. Um, but like most of the time when you do the gotcha, you're pulling like Cardassian engineer common. Um, oh, and, and then, uh, there, there's enough characters in Star Trek. You don't have to do this. I want to, those are the enemies you fight. So you, they just pull the same guys as like the enemies you fight. And it's, uh, it's thin. It's thin. And I feel like if this was a real, the thing is, if this was a real gotcha and was actually pulling whales, the, the game would be better because they'd make more characters for you to collect. I want to, I want to do roll the thing and then pull a four star mot. Yeah. Nothing like that. Um, you don't get, you don't get veiny, uh, Jordy when he was turned into a salamander that one time. <laughs> it was like you, that creepy invisible guy, Jordy. <laughs> I want to get um, Leia Brown's real and hologram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing fun like that. There's so much stuff you could do, uh, but because the art demands are they have to build a 3D model and put them in a, an RPG where they learn moves and stuff, it's just like, here's like six guys from every show that you know and then a bunch of like generics. It's just not enough. I want to get um, awful Jack Crusher in his stupid no belt uniform oh i want i want picard from tapestry with his terrible wig yes there we go yeah, exactly it doesn't have any of that so honestly it's a waste of everyone's time um that's it that's all i played that's all that's all i actually forgot something um which i briefly want to mention which is i played some um, lost planet the first one not all of it uh played a few levels of that that game's cool uh the capcom game from early 360 yeah, yeah yeah um I just put it on the Xbox because it's a back compatible game. Uh, it starts out really weird because like there's intense um, the acceleration curve on aiming had not been worked out yet, and this is the Japanese developed game. It's like right after Resident Evil Four, but it's not really doing a Resident Evil Four thing. Where Resident Evil Four is just the, just a tank controlled Resident Evil game, but they move the camera. Um, but so it's like when you know most games when you move the the stick. The, the crosshair stays center. Not true here. Uh, this The crosshair will, like, slightly move... Like, if you move it far enough, you'll start turning, and then... It, so it feels very weird, and this is why it didn't get a great reception at the time, because the, the way it did animation and stuff didn't line up. But you, you, you get into its rhythms, and it starts to make a lot of sense of, like, okay, you're not fighting guys you're fighting these weird bugs and they're often in swarms and the auto aim's really strong so the aiming system makes a lot of sense if you like want to plant yourself and like attack a bunch of guys that are in this direction and slightly adjust the targeting without moving the screen it's suddenly like all the decisions click into place with the kind of enemy design that they have uh and mm. it's just a really fun arcade shooter that i'm having a great time with um Every time there's a cutscene, I'm like, can I? Is, I have. To, I don't skip cutscenes the first time. I just don't. I don't do it. But I'm looking around thinking, would anyone be cross with me if I did? <laughs> Am I allowed to skip these cutscenes? They're so bad. Uh, but the extra game's a great time. So that's my recommendation. Lost Planet 1. All right. Nice. Uh, anyway, that's all the games we play. It's a big, it's a big chunk of games. It's going to be a long episode. 
Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's do it. game club this month is trauma center under the knife the 2005 ds surgery simulation game by atlas Nintendo DS. that's right jackson what happens in oh trauma center under the knife? uh in trauma center under the knife you play as derek styles uh and then you spend about two hours thinking to yourself now i is this a localization choice uh, or are we in or is this a phoenix rise situation is it actually set in angeles bay with derek styles american doctor or is this phoenix right situation eventually becomes clear it's actually set in los angeles angeles bay with derek styles american doctor uh but that was my first impression as the story actually goes with derek styles is a doctor uh now, to be fair uh in japanese his name is kosuke sukimori wait hang on are you actually in japan eventually it becomes very clear you're dealing with the u.s military so um I don't know what I he has a Japanese name. I don't know if you could still be dealing with the the American military. I have no idea about that one. Well, we'll get into the the geopolitics of this game because for some reason this game has geopolitics. Um You play as Derek Styles or the other name you gave, I guess, uh who is a surgeon who is 26, nearly nearly up for the job uh and does not take it that seriously uh but when he gets a young nurse who teaches him to care about all his patients he starts to really try and discovers he has the healing touch which is bullet time for surgery uh and can do super surgery moves uh and because of this power is recruited by uh caduceus uh the un's like branch of the world health organization that exists to track new diseases uh and come up with cures to make sure no disease will ever be incurable again it's set in like the slightly near future uh where you know like a bunch of famous diseases have already been cured uh every medical science is incredible uh, stuff like that um and you spend your time trying to cure a man-made disease known as guilt, uh, which is being deployed by a terrorist cell uh, called the Delphi, who keeps saying things like, "Healthcare was never meant to exist. We should be one with nature. Have my disease." Uh, and you follow uh, the you know you you. It starts out as you're in a hospital and you run into this and then you're in their like research thing and you're there's a bunch of um operations on this one uh guy that gets infected who's like the the uh the polit- politician who um is in charge and then your old boss like takes over after he dies and uh comes back to doing surgery uh but as his plot line progresses you go further and further into it just becoming not a game about darkness but a game about soldiers as uh, there's a guilt outbreak and you must um uh 
solve all of that, heal the people, uh, and then go to the lab where it's being constructed, uh, where you find the people who designed it and spread it, who is like the the dad of your partner, uh, your partner nurse, uh, and then he's actually in a weird like Otacon situation where he's been like pressured into it uh because he wanted to save his daughter and someone else died in her place and you have to like infiltrate the boat that is the uh headquarters of the delphi and you take the guilt out of all the the like children in tubes that are incubating the virus and eventually go through to the center and talk to adam who is like uh 120 year old cyborg question mark uh, uh, dead but still alive because he is, has technology who wants to return yeah, but maybe maybe you you hallucinate the entire conversation with him and he was dead all time yeah possibly you had the most boring hallucination of all time as he <laughs> just just so this game is written by uh the writers of Shimagami Tensei, Nocturne, and direct, you know, produced by Hashno, he wrote the original plot, uh, goes on to make the Persona games. You just come into a fucking Shimagami Tensei Persona ending where this guy says, Is medical care worth it? Should humans exist? And you go, Yes. And I go, I'm just screaming at my screen, like, Can I have one game where this doesn't fucking happen? For the love of God, I thought this was about surgery. This doesn't happen no. in house. <laughs> it does not happen in house. <laughs> Um, and then like literally after I was so annoyed by this I had I had to sit down and watch a normal movie for adults I needed to purify myself from anime for a while uh, but yeah that's the plot of this game do you want to do you want to have a minute where I send you something nice here's a picture um, of Derek and Angie as uh, Etrian Odyssey characters from Etrian Odyssey Untold 2 um, in one of the extra character files Oh, this is great! These are also way better designs because the so the designs of this game are so of like you could carbon date these to the month. So uh, here's the thing: like they, it's weird because like even in 2006 they feel kind of throwbacky because like it's not that far later that uh, that uh, Second Opinion comes out, which is the Wii remake of this game, um, and those just have like radically different, like very personified art style, right? Yeah, these look like a how to draw a manga book from two years before i think i think the i think the anime art in this game is very charming i i didn't even mean that as an insult it is charming (laughs) uh like he he puts his hand out for every operation like operation begin (laughs) it's ridiculous yes it like it feels like it's from an era where they're like we can't sell anime to america but it's from 2006 so yes yes you can Yeah, it's uh, weird. And then, you know, like after this, um, I guess Under the Under the Knife 2 is like a little more anime, but like all the Wii ones are like really slick and very much look like Persona games at that point. This is, st- I mean, Persona games look like anime, but this is a very different kind of anime to like, I'm looking yeah, but at- Yeah, like uh, you've seen the characters in like, in like Second Opinion. They just look personified. Uh, I'm looking at um, Trauma Center Under the Knife 2. Also true that. Yeah. Uh, but uh you get to you get to the uh just a second you get to the cover of uh second opinion and it's like look at these fools yeah yeah that's um that's just i think that might just be the guy <laughs> yeah um 
Anyway, uh, the actual game is like a visual novel in between doing surgery, which is all first person. And the whole thing is like they wanted to do this for a while. And when they saw the DS, they were like, finally, we, we have a method by which to do our surgery game that we've been kicking around forever because um, they didn't know quite how to make it work um, and then design this. Uh, but then they were like, well, it's got to be a sci fi plot because like, you know, people aren't going to want to play a doctor simulator. Um, and thus, it's mostly about shooting and slicing up weird parasites in like sci-fi scenarios yeah um, yeah the game. it was very little actual like it opens with you like you know uh stopping tumors and, and pulling glass out of people um that one defibrillator bit uh and then immediately like drifts away um i know second because i played second opinion those are the only two i've played second opinion asks adds some extra missions where you do more doctoring there's like an organ transplant and stuff um there's also like a whole second scenario about another person with the healing touch, but she was ostracized because of her healing touch, and thus she joined uh, guilt briefly. <laughs> joined guilt? Yeah. You mean Delphi? Oh, Delphi. Sorry. So yeah, she joined Delphi um, briefly. Yeah, guilt's the virus. Yeah. Um, she's the blonde. She's the white-haired lady on the cover. You oh, get like a whole extra chapter right for the end where you play as her, and her healing touch just like plus thirty to health when you use it. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't slow things down? No, it doesn't slow things down. Okay. Slowing things down is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this, you know, this game is missions. You get like 10 minutes. You get like 20 misses. And then you, you the patient dies. The patient hit points hit zero. You die um, or you lose. Um, and uh, you do some surgery with a bunch of tools that are all like you select them around the touch screen. And then you use the stylus to... Uh, do the things in the surgery um yeah. notably uh at least for the wii versions the game is radically changed so i, I know there's some people who only played the wii version because of the emails um it was much more popular at the time um things in the wii version um the i don't think there's a magnifier at all um the syringe and the um pipette the, like the suction are automated when you use them um you select everything from a radio menu that's the real um, thing yeah, so you can rapidly switch like using the nunchuck and then, you know, you use the, the, the Wiimote to like do the actual movements. Um, the healing touch, you just hold down A and B on the Wiimote and then draw the star. You don't have to like tap a thing so you can do it really fast. Um, instead of the miss, the miss system where you get enough misses and you lose, instead it's uh, the, the more like goods you get, it racks up a point combo instead. It goes the other direction. Okay. Um, because it, it allows you to replay any mission. So it's more focused on like replaying missions and getting high score. Um, and then more specifically, the one that's going to make you really mad is, uh, well, one, there's an easy mode. But two, uh, as far as I can tell, I don't remember, but I did look it up. There's mid-mission um, there's mid -mission checkpoints. Oh, for the love of God! I oh, Are you kidding me? I could have had it all. You could have had it all. Unfortunately, it's this is the year of handhelds, not the year of Wii games. It's fine. It's like... I'm pretty good at the game, so I wasn't, like, a huge problem, but it just gets very hard. But, like, the secret is the Trauma Sensor is, like, a rhythm game without rhythm. Um, yes. But it is functionally, like, similar to a rhythm game in that you have specific uh, actions to do with specific timings in a specific order. And redoing a mission that you already know where, like, the thing is coming and, like, the brief puzzle of what tool do I use is solved. You just see that. So you see, you know, thing that needs to be drained, so you select the drainer and do the draining motion. Uh, and yeah. it is just um, functionally a rhythm game. I think the biggest issue uh, in uh, the DS game is the uh, 
way you select tools. The fact that you have to go back to the side of the screen to change tools every time you do anything is um, quite frankly a disaster. Uh, well, yeah, that doesn't change in two, but after that, all the rest of these games are on Wii. And just generally, this game is notoriously difficult, so all of the sequels are easier, like, across the board, so. I, I think that's a bigger problem than the difficulty, because the game is difficult, but, like, no single action is that taxing on the wrist. It's actually mostly fine. Oh, sure, but, like, if the game had less tight windows, it'd be easier to switch tools and not feel really pressured by it. Yeah, but I think it's more than, like, it's the fact that you can't keep your, your finger on the thing that you're doing when you mm. use four tools in it, you have to go back and forth between the side of the screen four times. I think that's well, a bigger deal. Two still has this, but then yeah, the rest of them are weak games. Yeah, because so. like you're not using the buttons, and even if you're left handed or right handed, you can just mirror the D pad and the buttons, right? I would just put mm-hmm. shortcuts on on those so I can double tap. You know, you can you with double taps, you can get eight shortcuts on the on those directions immediately. Um, yes, and ten if you include the triggers is another one as well, which I think is all the tools. Uh, mm-hmm. And that would though I'll say I play this game like at at my like table with my DS just sitting on the table. Oh yeah, hitting buttons would have been impossible. I held it in my hand because I was in bed. Yeah, I I tried to do that, and then I started losing, and I was like, I need to sit up and like be aware to do this game. I I feel like the the DS is too small to do that way. Um, Um, not mine. Uh, I mean, I've got the same one. I just I was just holding it. Uh, Okay. But uh, yeah, that was my my biggest issue with because otherwise I think I think the surgery sequences in this are incredible. Um, yeah, like the actual video game. Like you know, I was complaining about the plot uh, because it's like, it's very generic in a way. That I was like, come on. Uh, but the like the actual doing the surgery sequences are often fantastic. They are all like bespoke, narratively designed sequences. Uh, they all have like an arc to them. And they're all like, I'm going to do this. And then, oh, no, it's fighting back. We have to blah, 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 blah. Uh, It's just good. (laughs) Um, I prefer when you're just doing medicine to all the guilt stuff. I mean, me too. But even though I don't even mean like the guilt stuff. I just mean like the ways in which your actions are contextualized by a partner telling you, Mm -hmm. oh, this, the the thing's ruptured. We need to operate now (laughs) Uh, type stuff. Yeah. I, I do think the sci-fi turn is uh, less good, like, framing-wise. I mean, like, the ways in which having a visual novels on the top screen informs this, like, mini rhythm game on the bottom screen is very well designed. Yeah, yeah. I do just like doing some surgeries. Yes. Uh, if I could just do more doctoring, I'd be happier. I think... In- or, you know, bomb defusal. That's fine, too. The bit where you're roped into defusing a bomb as they try to blow up a medical conference and your your fellow surgeon, who's a lady who used to be a cop, is like guiding you through doing surgery on the bomb. I love that mission. That mission's so goofy. I did surgery on a bomb? <laughs> I did surgery on a bomb. It's it's really good. And there's a couple others where you have to like solve basic shape puzzles. <laughs> oh, yes. I've got to program these nanites. Can you please align these pu- these these uh, shapes into a puzzle? And I'm like, well, I played all the Professor Layton games. Yes, I can. It's very easy, in fact. And he's like, oh, you have to do this backwards. I'm like, it's basic shapes, my guy. Those were not difficult. <laughs> no. Those were not difficult shape puzzles. But it, I think those really demonstrate that like, this is less a um, level. They're not like levels being designed so much as like 
they are a series of interactions where uh, every every single one of your interactions is pre-programmed. There's no like space for expression, and by limiting the you know by not having space for expression, that means you can make really bespoke, cool, weird things so long as it is based around sliding things with a stylus. Uh, and there's there's only a couple different digressions outside of the the base. Like there's a guy, and you are going to the organs. Uh, like formula um, but I do like whenever they yes. like broaden that as to like what you are doing with these interactions well yeah the actual the thing with this um, that maybe a version that was all medicine would run up against is that like there's only so many things a surgeon does to a human body <laughs> it's yes. not like it's not like an exotic like it is a difficult job that requires a lot of training and it, there's a high risk you know but it's like bodies are all the same you just do the same thing you just take out a tumor you explore something you you clear a blockage you replace a valve right yes um and so you got to have the part where suddenly you're fighting a little fish that cut people up i have to make sure i go through these triangles in the right order bodies don't work like that bodies do not work like that you know uh very silly um, I do. I think that, like, you're right that the plot ends on a very stupid place for like the most basic ass anime story, like villain speech in the world. That it's like, no, what are you talking about? Stop it. Um, the part where it sings is you go, you're 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 like in the hospital, you're doing really well, and you go to uh, Kadisha's like the you know the fancy super CIA hospital, and the brother of the guy you just left works there, and he didn't tell you that it's just that another one funny. of that guy. <laughs> And he uses that like the same design with a different coat. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. That that's really the funny. shit I like eat up. I think that stuff's really good. Uh, yeah, the bit where the bit where you go, oh, I almost killed someone because I wasn't doctoring hard enough. Spider Man, no more. But about surgery and like mope in like the rain until an emergency pulls you back in. You're like, oh, I can save people. I have to be a doctor. Uh, I just was thinking about monster the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well he's doing this every five minutes but in like a prestige yeah. book so it's even funnier i'm too i'm too busy doing vengeance i can't help someone it's like doctor is anyone there is there a doctor i've broken my arm and he's like oh i fixed it thank god this is what it is to be do medicine god damn it i'm a human being there, i heal people there are some like funny and good bits of the plot like when they're on the plane and someone's like is there a doctor on this plane <laughs> it's great um but like even outside of the the final bit where it becomes the most generic anime thing imaginable, they're really going to some stupid digressions. Like the Africa bit is like guys. Uh, yeah, the and- bit where the bit where you're like the guy you knew in medical school is like euthanizing people as a way to displace his guilt over not being able to heal his little sister, and then you heal her, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll just like do not kill people now." <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. And there's there's the uh, like lady who wants to to die, and then you just give her a condescending monologue, and she's like, "You're right, I shouldn't die." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's the fucking persona guys. I see." <laughs> that was when I looked this that's, up. That's like all of Persona Three. That's just Persona Three writ large. Yep, it sucks there too. <laughs> um, the 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 other bit, the, the funniest one, is that like, I am fine, right, with a story about we're doing medicine and surgery i did not ask them to get into topics of geopolitics and things that are the cliche things i would talk about in a in a story but like they brought it up uh yeah so when they do the thing where i'm like okay like they start talking about this big disease and they're working with the who and i'm like these aren't the things that decide how medicine is like 
none of this is true this is all a fake world where people actually help people based on like need which doesn't exist uh so i'm like fine i guess you're doing this but then then there's a whole plot about how like you go and help all the people when there's an outbreak and you're told off because the drugs you used aren't like fda approved uh and it becomes like their only structural critique of this whole situation is the the existence of like red tape prevents the good doctors from saving people and i'm like that's the that's the one thing you're putting in the story about working with the fucking un and who that's that's your take i hate you guys so much but then there's the bit where that politician dies and he learns to be a doctor again that bit's pretty good yeah so line of contrasts yeah yeah it's weird going back because i played this game at the time uh and then going back to it, I'm like, man, this really is like the generic anime plot uh, in like negative ways, not even like the fun ways, mostly because um, all the stuff with uh, with Delphi and Adam is oh, so miserable. Bad. Uh, did you um, did you try any of the bonus things after the game stops? God, no. <laughs> OK, so if you once you finish the game, um, you get like extra missions, which are like super hard versions of each of the uh, each of the guilt, which you don't want to do because they're already hard enough. Um, but instead of instead of Angie being there, it's just uh, Adam. Oh no! Because like a he and he's just saying RPG villain stuff. And he's like, no one can defeat death as you proceed to fight the super bosses. <laughs> it is very funny that like people love Persona Three because all the death stuff in that game is like very resonant. Uh, I think that there's like you know. In the in the me, way you're talking about me, I like Persona Three because of all the death stuff. I, I also that like hit me at a very particular time in my life. I also yeah, you know, I think that stuff is why Persona Three is the best one. But I also think like in the wake of Persona Four and Five coming out, people look back and see like there's a lot of shit in Persona Three. It's very condescending and that shitty. Sure um, yeah, yeah. But no one. People played Trauma Center, right? But when when Persona Three came out, it wasn't like oh another game from those guys. Those weren't. Con- I don't remember them being connected at the time. Uh, but it is funny how much of this is just like the Persona Three stuff. But there's not like a cool robot there. Because <laughs> um, yeah. uh, it's he's it's, it's just the same. It's just he's just saying the same thing that they did a, a couple of years later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that stuff's whatever. I'm really curious what the sequels to these are. Like, I feel like you did all the things. I know that, like, uh, in two you play as Derek, but, like, it's new characters for the other ones. So, they're, like, new scenarios. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll find out. Nah, emulating, I don't like emulating Wii games. It's annoying, so I probably won't. <laughs> uh, emulating Wii games is fine. You don't, you don't like playing Wii games at your computer. That's also true. I had a lot of like weird slowdown when I was doing uh, WarioWare, so I don't. Oh, know. Okay, I just I feel like Dolphin's pretty good about that stuff, but I haven't yeah. I haven't experimented that far. Um, um I wish anything else. We have a ton of questions. So you just like to I go just, to questions. We can go to questions in a second. I was gonna say I wish Angie was cooler. Like they have their like, you know, it's slightly she's slightly sindari, but not in a romantic interest way. She's just like a you know yelling younger girl. Uh, luckily, they do not like ship them together. They're just you know partners at the at their work you you wish hashino wrote a woman who was more interesting yeah Damn. and like they had an archetype <laughs> she's fun but they just there's this they, they don't it's like they're blind to the fact that people like when there's like a bratty woman around to make jokes uh, yes and i'm like it, it writes itself guys it's 2005 what's happening yeah 
Um, but she is cool, and there's the the cool co- cop. I meant to look up how old that cop is because she's like, I used to be a cop, and there's like there's the guy who says I joined Cassius to uh, because of my wife dying, um, and I used to have this other job, and I'm like, you're only thirty five, and you're the, you're telling me you got into medicine after having a wife, okay? Um, <laughs> some real anime ages going on in this game. Um, Sybil is, as soon as this loads, Sybil is, uh, 34. Okay, that's fine. She, she works out with, uh, with what I know of her yes. game. That, that one's acceptable. It's a little tight, but, like, about yes. enemy standards. But enemy standards is great. Yeah. Not a problem. If you'd like to send us emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Inexplicably, I didn't think this was going to happen. We got enough emails that I, I'm i going to hold some back for me and whenever we need them again. And some of them just aren't going to get read because we had we had like 24 of them and I had to cut it down a bit. Oh, That's my God. So, boop, yeah. so, you know what? They will probably get read eventually. Uh, yeah, some of them I think were just like stuff that is kind of duplicated from other emails that are about trauma center. Oh, some yeah. of the random ones I put in a, uh, into a bucket for later when we're uh, we have a light month, so they'll get read eventually. Yes, the, the trauma center ones. We if the questions are similar between emails, you can dance them. But yes, I, the, yeah, the random gaming ones will uh, you know, that can go in the question bucket. We the, the inaugural uh, question bucket. We finally have enough emails for a bucket. <laughs> yeah, it'll be emptied out in like two months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not that um, popular. Uh, Andrew writes in, what's a game you played to maybe kill some time and surprisingly sucked you in? I once accidentally bought Outer Wilds trying to buy Outer Worlds, and when I eventually played it, I was like, man, this is really good. Uh, God, the idea of thinking you're going to get Outer Worlds and then getting like Outer Wilds, one of the best video games, you lucked yeah. out. That's so good. Um, this definitely happens to me regularly, but of course, when you ask me a question, I forgot every video game I've ever played in my life. Mine is probably like Spelunky and um, Body of Isaac, which are games I just put hundreds of hours into. Did not mean to. They hit a very particular time in my life, though. I just don't play games like this anymore. But <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, play one of these roguelikes for like, because, you know, I play every roguelike for about like three hours and then like, like see the loops too hard and fall off of it. Um, but those ones, nope. I'd go back to those today and have a great time. You really would. Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, when I went back to Dark Souls and then I ended up playing four Dark Souls games in a row. Yeah, when I when I just need, a, like, a random game, I just go back to, like, the rhythm games. I was, um, like, right before this podcast, I was playing some Sound Voltex because I had an hour to kill. And I was like, oh, I don't really, I could do some work, but I should just chill and play that. It was great. I hadn't played it in, like, a couple weeks, so. Uh, yeah. Um, Santo writes in, what's your favorite game mechanic or gimmick that's tied to DS peripherals? Use of double screens, styles, drawings, etc. Uh, Santo's one is having to stamp a C chart in Phantom Hourglass by physically closing the DS so the screen's touched. 
Wait, really? That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I can't lie. Uh, screaming blue 700 times at my fucking DS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one. Uh, so the one I always think of, and it's not even like a good, it's like a weird one. Um, there's a bit in Hotel Dusk where you have to like flip two switches at the same time. Um, but I knew even back in 2005 or whatever, 2006, that the DS touchscreen is not multi-touch. It's a single point touch. And I didn't understand how to, what they were asking me. It took me forever Um because the way it works is um, if I just couldn't get it to register, right? The, if you touch two points on the DS, the screen registers the point in between them. And so the actual, like, and no, if you do this right, it will work. But they, the thing they it's registering is that you touch the middle point between the two switches and flip that. And you can just do that. Uh, and that I thought was very fun and good. Uh, anything that has a microphone is miserable. There's no good microphone DS stuff ever. It's period. so bad. It always sucks. It sucks. The worst part of why we're touched. It's just bad. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of like specific ones. Like I haven't played as many DS games as you like at the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Maps and Edge and Odyssey is the best use of a DS ever. It literally killed that franchise and the DS died. So it's true. They never make another one. <laughs> I think they, they said, haven't yet. I think they said they were, but then nope, haven't shown up. Yeah. I'd love to see them try. I just... I, the capacitive touchscreens in like phones are just not good for drawing in the way that you need it to be right like no. it just doesn't work the same way um I, yeah and like yeah i guess you could play only in handheld mode and try to do that but it's it's not as good it, it just yeah. is perfect for that situation on ds yeah um gavin writes in uh for thoughts on our devices that like devices that do handheld emulate like console emulation like the odin pro analog pocket retroid pocket 2 um do you have any thoughts of these i keep do you have preferred devices that aren't the original handhelds themselves uh there's a um there's a secondary question here when emulating on pc what's your favorite controllers any you'd swear by i use an xbox controller <laughs> i use an xbox controller um i like uh i like the old dualshock 3 because I have tiny hands. <laughs> yeah, I don't like DualShock 3 because I have large hands. Uh, <laughs> every time I go back to the PS3, I'm like, oh, right. Like, right. Video games changed. Yeah. Uh, um, but generally speaking, I don't have much opinions on the uh, emulation stuff other than I like look at them and I go, one day I'm going to buy one of these. But I, I don't know when. <laughs> uh, I don't have um, a handheld like that yet. So I, had, I got a Retroid Pocket two um not the plus the two the one from last year and set it up and everything and it just wasn't like it wasn't good enough this is the thing that really pushed me into being like a real hardware bastard um is i just wasn't having the, the experience i wanted um and i was like well if i just get these consoles and hack them they, the emulators on those run better than the pocket two did out of uh you know out of the box um and then the the plus came out and by all accounts seems like a much better device but i was burned and already invested in all this outside and knock out one the odin pro seems neat but like i'm probably gonna end up with a steam deck instead um i think that's like the ultimate end result here and like mostly to just play visual novels and emulate old games like not even to, like i'm not out here playing trying to play elden ring even though it does that i want to i want to play fate and i want to play snes games and uh and ps1 games because i think the vita screen is too small for ps1 games even though it's a good emulator by all other reasons oh god it's society if they just released a big vita yeah um and then i have an analog pocket but the analog pocket plays 
play his handled games. It's a it's a replacement for getting real hardware. It's not it's not an emulation machine the same way. And like maybe someday they'll get the they'll open it up and there'll be the the hack the homebrew and stuff. But like that doesn't exist yet and might not. That is to if you want to play Game Boy games and Game Boy Color games, the analog pocket's the best device on earth to do that on. But if you don't want to do that, to get something else. Yes. Um. But um, so I, I don't really count it here. But th- that's been my experience. I'm I'm down. I watch a lot of emulation handheld YouTube because uh, it's easy. Um, it's so easy to watch like ten videos. And the thing is, if you if you just don't if you if your standards aren't high, it's really easy to get something really good. Like Retro Pocket Two Plus is not very expensive. People like that Miu Mini. Um, it's too small for me. I, I'm looking for larger screens just generally, um, cause I'm old. Um, and those seem like good devices. Like you have to do a lot of setup to get them where you want them. But once you get them going, like anything like God, some of those will just easily do like, you can get Wii games running on some of that shit. And that's wild to me. Um, but, um, you know, um, if your standards are, if you're, if you're okay with like, this thing has like weird frame skips every once in a while. Like most of these work just fine for like most of the, like the things everyone wants to play are like old RPGs and shit. Like you're not out here trying to play like a bunch of like fighting games. Cause you'd want to play those on a TV with another person. So that's a whole other like market. Um, yes. Unless you're a weirdo, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what people do. Um, my assumption is you, you people want these to play obscure RPGs that now cost $400 if you want to like buy them for real. Right. Um, because the market sucks. Um, and it'll do that. It'll do that just fine. Yep. Um, but no, I typically just play on old hardware, uh, always. Yeah, um, that's generally how I go, at least for handheld stuff that we've, like, you know, got. But if I'm emulating something, I'll often, you know, I'd, I'd rather just emulate it on my TV, which has, a, you know, my computer, which I'll run through my TV that has a stronger emulator. Yeah, I don't run, I don't hook my computer up to my TV ever, so this is like a, this is like a gap I don't, do yes no because i can run my computer through a cable to a tv where i have a couch uh that like expands my emulation options i don't need a specific device for it yeah that's fair um all right uh amelia writes in sony's purchased capcom as a sony executive you get to pick three capcom properties that haven't had a game in 10 plus years to resurrect hooray the bad news these games have to be in line with sony's strategic goals as a big corporation <laughs> Meaning that you have to follow the following restrictions. One must be a $200 million sad dad game. One must be a live service game. And one can just be a good video game. But it probably will be badly advertised and fail. That's on my edition. Uh, what are your selections? <laughs> okay, so the, the, here's the worst part. Is that um, Mega Man has had a video game in the last decade. That's true. Uh, so is Dumb May Cry. So Dumb May Cry, yeah. So, okay. All right, where are we going? How are we doing this? So, uh, so the two hundred million dollar sad dad game, Bionic Commando. He already made that. Yeah, but they didn't spend two hundred million dollars. It's not really a sad dad game. It's kind of a sad. It's the two thousand nine equivalent of a sad dad game. What if? What if? What if? What if your child was in your arm? <laughs> God damn it. But like it was like a BB, like you slap the baby into the arm when it was time to sleep. <laughs> uh, sure, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Um live service game. Hmm. That one's hard. I think I think like a dino crisis. I could see that work. 
that becomes like a monster hunter at some point but like that's fine i can't pick monster Hunter. they make monster Hunter all the goddamn time i could just be evil i could just i could be so evil and say live service dragon dogma and kill everyone i know because <laughs> that is <laughs> that game is a decade old <laughs> yeah um, um and then the game that's actually good is uh beautiful joe bring beautiful joe back um okay so uh sad dad game on amusha <laughs> yeah sure uh that writes itself that you don't even have to change, don't even have much, to change the game um, yeah I, I i guess life service dragon dragon's dogma is coming out soon because uh, it is technically a decade old now it's game 2012 yeah uh are you gonna overrule me because it technically has had a game longer than this uh if i say dead rising even though it hasn't had a good game since 2006 no you can say dead rising i don't okay, care because i want an actually good dead rising so bad i want a, a sequel to dead rising one and a sequel to assassin's creed one <laughs> yeah these are the games i need uh, otherwise beautiful joe is a good pick i've never played them but I, that's definitely on my like if that's had a good port i would love to play it yep uh John writes in, uh, what is your favorite and least favorite medical tools to use in the game? Least favorite is fucking suction. It sometimes just doesn't register. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. It's really annoying. Um, number one is with a bullet is a laser. Whenever I can shoot a laser, love to do the that. Laser is cool. I just like the forceps. I like wicking something from the side to the end, like when you have to put it on the tray. Oh, uh, yeah. Fair Extracting enough. things is good fun. Yeah. Um... Is there any professions you would like to see a video game of that have not been done? Probably a lot of them, honestly. Yeah, loads. I just don't know what I... I, I don't really know what I'd say. I would like a real doctor game where you're not fighting <laughs> space parasites or whatever. Uh, yeah, please. Can I... <laughs> I that's, the, that's actually the hard mode of this question. Is I'd like games that already exist, but them to not all become the same anime plot. <laughs> Uh, well, Neve writes in, Atlas has just acquired the rights to create a side story in the monster universe, not a retelling of the original story, and they decide to do it as a crossover the Trauma Center universe. Somehow we've been tasked with overseeing the creation of the game. Can I just What's ask, your story concepts? Can I just ask right now, what's the monster universe outside? Because the story of monster is what if there was a guy? <laughs> well... Well, you'll have to figure that out yourself. And then Nintendo's really insistent people be able to play both handheld and docked. How do you make the controls work with this limitation? So it's a crossover with Trauma Sensor and Monster. Um, yeah. <sighs> oh, this is this is so hard. This is so difficult. Uh, I mean, it's it's obviously just like a. I guess it's just like a surgery game in your. Uh, um. For, hmm, actually, no, hang on. It's a game, uh, it's a spin-off about the one guy that everyone likes. What's his name? The funny guy, the guy with the smile. Gl Glimmer? Glimmer. It's a Glimmer game. Uh, and it's like an investigative game about him going Hulk mode and killing a bunch of guys. But you're following along in the Trauma Center team, dealing with the... Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think the answer has to be it's another one of the, like sickos from the school but you're a doctor the thing i want specifically is like two discrete modes where like you have to dock it for surgery like you have to like sit down and do you use the wiimotes and it's like motion controlled but then when you're doing the investigation it's like all touch screen driven and you have to like pull it out and you're like looking at maps and stuff as you go through europe i think that's what i would want to do <laughs> you've made bok thai we're not allowed to make <laughs> bok thai <laughs> 
I guess. I mean, it's not I mean, a block time. You don't have to go outside. That's so true. You, you don't have to go outside, but you have made a game where you have to. Okay, you can only play this when you're not at your TV. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess we're kind of in that direction. Sorry, I don't have much plot specifics because, again, I don't. The monster universe. <laughs> the monster universe. Well, you see, the mummy and the wolf man are here. <laughs> Oh, if I hang on, if I could have Johan Lieber come across fucking Russell Crowe as <laughs> Doctor Jekyll, <laughs> Dr. Jekyll uh, I I would love that. Damn, we, that's money. That's money. Also, Teddy's there for some reason. Why is Teddy there? Because <laughs> it's Atlas. I guess Teddy's also there. God, <laughs> stupid. What if what if a neo Nazi was, ha- or I guess an actual old Nazi was haunted by a Jack Frost? Is that anything? Can you rub a story out of that? I don't think I could, but someone might. I I don't think I can either. <laughs> Monster's so um, dumb. Uh, Hilver writes in, what are your favorite educational games? Is there anything you've learned from games? And is there subjects you think you would like to learn about through video games? Uh, P.S. I'm aware Trauma Center is non-educational. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know like what's an explicitly educational game like i know they make them i mean i've I've definitely learned some stuff i back in the day playing like like um carmen san diego i pretended i learned stuff playing oregon trail but honestly oregon trail doesn't teach you shit about anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) i didn't even play any of those so i don't think i've ever played an educational game Mm -hmm. um I think games are like genuinely kind of bad at this. Um, and when they purport to be, edu- I mean, there's always the thing with like educational games don't have budgets, so they're typically bad. But like even games are like, we tried really hard to do as a teaching tool. Um, even if it's like something really simple, I just think they typically do a bad job because of the abstraction layer. Um, like no one learned to cook. Cooking Mama might inspire you to learn to cook, but no one learned how to cook from Cooking Mama. You know? Anyone learning to play guitar from Rocksmith? there's probably enough people but no not really <laughs> not typically yeah um i mean i i think that it would be cool if this was more a thing you know but like i also you make a game that teaches people how to actually do surgery someone's going to do surgery based on the video game and that's a disaster waiting to happen i mean there's always like a new story about guy flies a plane who's only ever used microsoft flight simulator yeah that's true which is um definitely doable i feel like i feel like over the years of my life the percentages of like stories about guy flies a plane who couldn't fly a plane uh increased and then stopped increasing as it just became obvious that planes are fairly easy to fly now because they does you know they're designed really yeah. well yeah <laughs> um which isn't to say like you need a lot of skills to do i'm saying that, like if there's an emergency situation you, you the plane you can there's enough but people will tell you the buttons to hit to make the plane mostly do what it needs to do yeah not that things can't go wrong but it stopped being as notable a thing yeah um Faden writes in i only played second opinion and i only played it in co-op really weird to imagine this is a single player game is there a game you say as a co-op game even though you play it? you could play it as single player and my answer of course is no because i've never played anything co-op really uh except halo i mean i guess i only know of halo as a two-player game what if in the big fights in halo you couldn't go back and respawn then it'd be a much worse video game. Well, there you go. Welcome to Halo single player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you just don't play co-op as much. Um, no. I also don't play co-op that much. I would like to play it more, uh, but uh, you're the person I play games with, and you don't yeah. play co-op much, so it's the, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, my, girl, my brother's like five years younger than me, and we had very different tastes in games, and um, so 
so we just never played games. I never had people to play games with, so I never. So I don't. I associate playing games as like a solitary activity. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, um, Adam writes in, "What's your favorite gaming accessory that plugged into a game's console, console cartridge or expansion slots?" Uh, the ridiculous tiny keyboard that you could plug into the 360 controller. <laughs> I've never used one of those. I used one of those for a while. Um. My answer is probably the paddle controller for the DS that um, oh, Arkanoid yeah. and Space Invaders Extreme uses. They're really hard to get now, but I managed to get one for very cheap, relatively like 10 years ago. Um, and it's pretty cool. Um, I always thought the the um, the Pokemon Stadium plug your Pokemon cartridge in the 64. It was neat. Um, I was like, why can't I play all my 64 games are all my Game Boy games on the 64 on the TV and the answer is it's only really built to work with those three games and nothing else but um, it was cool it was really cool wait they still sell these for the Xbox Series X controllers really I mean it has like a data port at the bottom it's not just like a oh no okay like kind of this is clearly a third party thing because it also needs a Bluetooth dongle Oh, okay. So it like uses the Xbox thing for power, and then is is just like a connectable Bluetooth keyboard. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, they use Bluetooth. You can just use a keyboard on the yes. Xbox. It's sick. I, but it's not like an official accessory like no. the uh, 360 days were. No, but when Destiny's playing The Sims, she's playing out the keyboard and mouse on the Xbox. Yeah, it's like damn, the future is here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I never played like um like a guitar hero ds or anything i feel like the ds was the peak of this uh yes uh jen writes in folks been bemoaning 2022 and the glacial trickle of triple a games but honestly it's been an amazing time bunch of indies bunch of older games um given that every triple a studio is pushing the oncoming games next year do you think these long stretches was the new norm and if so uh well, i guess jen's like i think this is a good change so i'm like yeah fuck video games uh Okay, two points. It's not the new norm. It will always get worse. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> the capacity for um, like expansion in industry is just a, a fact of life. It can and will always get worse. Um, that's just just what it means uh, to like make things. Um, yep. But I don't. The idea that like, oh, first of all, every video game ever came out in February. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like. There was Horizon. But also it was like four games. It was like Horizon, um, which we don't give a fuck about, but it was technically a big game. Next to Elden yep. Ring, next to Gran Turismo, yep. which came out after a yep. big Pokemon game. Um, yep. I guess you're right. Four games. Because I'm like, there are... And all- then, uh, wait, and, um, and, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. what's the other game? I mean, The Stranger of Paradise. Uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah, but like, you know, if we go down to that tier, then we get a... Oh, yeah, sure. For- way more game. I'm thinking about the really big ones. Um, yeah. But... But like, um, my friend uh, Neve was like, "What? What are people get? What are people buying consoles for these days? Like, what? What's exciting?" And me and Autumn were both like, uh, "We got Xboxes to play, play 360, 360 games." games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like, "Well, but like, what about PS5?" And it's like, "Well, Final Fantasy 16 will come out on eventually, but that and Yuffie, that that's it. We we wanted to play old games better." And he was like, well, I got, I got these old, I got all these old handhelds I hacked and I'm already playing old games. I'm full on old games. And it's like, well, then there's no reason. Don't buy them. Are Done. You, yeah. Easy. Saved a thousand dollars. We're just, 
we just re- oh I'm looking at the releases. There was also Ghostwire Tokyo. No one remembers that. Remember that one? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Who no. gives a shit? Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's weird, right? Like, this is just a fact. Games are like you know, games already collapsed and changed ages ago. Uh, the uh, the only like big change I guess is that the Sony announcing they're actively pivoting to uh, making every game a hellish Fortnite. Uh, which is very funny with how, like, the weird console world post with, like, Last of Us, with, like, Sony, the one that still believes in actual games to sell consoles, and, uh, no. Um, I only find that funny because those, uh, everyone, um, on, like, Era and stuff were the, the Last of Us type fans who like those sad dad games were all laughing about how Japan Studio just couldn't adapt, and it, it was fun, it was their time. It, you shouldn't say that it's bad that they're gone. They just weren't as good. But now their games are also like you know they're not uh, GTA Online, so they're up up next. And now they're mad about it. And I'm like, haha! Do you see how it feels? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the answer is this podcast has stood for almost a decade saying, "What if we just played old shit instead of the, sh- the boring games?" I mean, yeah. Like we, I said earlier, I would like to play. Um, Clicker Effect 2, and I probably will eventually one day. I'm sure one day I'll, you know, pick it up. But I have about a thousand JRPGs from the 90s I also want to play. So who can say what I'm actually going to spend my time on, right? Like, those two things yeah. are equally weighted. So without the, like, extra weight on the new stuff, uh, it, I could do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cynthia writes in, you've lost your DS slash DSi slash oh, very no. cool DSi XL stylus. What alternate object do you use that's not your fingers? I would just buy a replacement, <laughs> buy a replacement stylus. <laughs> um, when I, back in the day, uh, I used the Pokemon Pearl. It would have been the Pearl uh, pre-order uh, Palkia. Palkia, like big stylus pen that I got from GameStop for pre-ordering that game. Incredible. Um, these days I use the DSi XL giant pen for old people. It's incredible. I love it so much. It's so good. I, back in the day, used to use, like, a full-size, like, chunky pen that you could turn and have a stylus come out the top of it that I just... Someone I knew knew Nintendo people and gave me one. Oh, cool. Um, So that was pretty cool. Uh, But I just wouldn't... Like, I just would... I would just not use my DS till I ordered as a new stylus. It's a boring answer. Uh, But it's true. Um, Did you ever use one of those, like... They they did the things where they were, like... um, you know, they attach to the bottom of the DS and then you put your thumb in them. They're like the, the thumb pad things, not the styluses. I only used the one that came with the original DS Fat briefly because okay. it was actually the best way to play Mario 64 DS. But, oh, was it like um, using it like a thumbstick? Yeah. Okay. But um, after that, never again. Man, Mario 64 DS. Yep. I People are still kind of mad about that game. Uh, in what way? In the, it's like it is an expansion to Super Mario sixty four, and it is on the yeah, DS and nothing yeah. else for the end of time. <laughs> it's not very good, is the thing. Uh, more the principle of it, but yes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then a follow up question: um, Did you ever get handheld accessory packs full of random stuff like the Dream Gear Big Deal Pack, which uh, has a picture attached, which is a bunch of GBA shit? Um, were any of the items in it actually useful? I feel like this is kind of before your time. I've I know of these. It was not before my time. It was more that, like I just didn't get a handheld, right? Like you have some weird. Uh, you didn't have a Wii. I was like, did you have any weird Wii shit? I had a Wii eventually, but it was later. Okay. 
Like I had, I only had the Lynx crossbow, which is already a piece of shit. Nothing. I just had, I had controllers, and then when my controller break, I went and get like the Xbox controllers. I ended up with were like the cheaper, shitty ones, right? Because you aren't getting a full price third party, con- uh, first party controller. Fuck you. Mm. You're ten. Um, the the only one I had was for the original GBA. I had this thing. I'm going to send to Jackson. It's called a Light Boy, uh, which is a magnifier and one oh light my combo. That you attach to the top and i think it was it's powered by its own batteries and it, it's shown light, light down on the screen and like slightly magnify it because uh i was playing game boy in bed and that's that's a that's a screen that needs light so uh i was playing mortal Kombat for the original game boy on one of these absolutely that is my childhood that's the generational gap yeah it's a bad i've gone back to that uh that's a fucking terrible version of mortal kombat don't don't play that don't worry i was not at any risk of ever loading up mortal kombat for the game boy yeah um rye writes in uh never played the ds version just the wii version which i always considered a slightly compromised version the stylus just seems more evocative surgery tools um, well, the, yeah, but it's also way harder. I, the, the Wii version is just a better game to play. But uh, have you ever felt particular harmonies or distances between a game's input method and in-game actions, specifically between ports or alternate control methods of the same base game? I, I'm going to say this, and you're going to be like, you're out of your mind. You're wrong. I just don't like the Wii version of Resident Evil 4. Okay. I prefer the GameCube version because that's the one I played first. I played that game through three times on the GameCube. I played the Wii one. I'm like, I get it. I get why if you started with this, it'd be better, but it's harder to aim with this than it is just the GameCube controller. This is just true. I was I thought it was going to be something I was going to be mad at, but I, I only played the Wii version of Resident Evil 4 one time, and it, it was fine. I didn't have enough to be like um, super evocatively precise on it. I haven't, okay. You know. There you go. Um, though I have seen people really argue about Resident Evil 4 GameCube versus 360. I don't know anything about that. You want to see like action game nerds that you probably hate really get granular about whether the in the porting process they misunderstood the like role of the GameCube's unique sticks and how the dead zones work and the modern Resident Evil ports and whether it ruined aiming. You can go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I am good. Uh, I was um. Uh, new play control Pikmin is like a better way to play Pikmin, yes. but it does kind of suck that it doesn't have the big A button, which is like, you know, Miyamoto made the GameCube controller because he wanted a thing where you just press the big A. And I guess the Wiimote has that, but it does it's not the same to me. It's not the same at all. Mm-hmm. Um, um, even to... though that's a much better version, generally. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything I I have to like. I you know I when I the one time I I chumped out i was too scared but when i played resident evil for the like the hd remake i turned on yeah. tank controls it's just easier well yeah just yeah just logically makes more sense the perspective changes too much yeah um nora right said you're making way through a game maybe it's survival horror maybe it's just an action game uh to progress you have to give up your weapons how do you feel about these kind of segments do you have a favorite or least favorite um i think these are fine uh I am, um, it's, it's, you know, every Metal Gear has one, right? Like it's part of the form. At some point you lose your stuff uh, and then you get it back. Uh, I just think of this as a tr- tried and true part of the, the experience. Uh, what I don't like is when they don't give you exactly what you had back. Well, that's fair. Um, 
my favorite one of these, it's not giving up your tools, but it's like your tools don't work really is there's a bit in, um, there's a bit in final fantasy nine, um, where you, you're like, you need to use your first weapons. Cause like the weapon scaling is reversed for one dungeon. Weird. You don't remember this at all. No, do I don't. I, I, yeah, it's one of the like shrines near the like disc three or whatever. Um, I think I turned and, on um, <laughs> super mode at that point. Oh, okay. And so like you need to go into your shitty equipment. It's like it's meant to evoke the um, the magnetic cave where you can't use metal weapons. And was that Final Fantasy four? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, which uh, was also cool. Um, I think that stuff's really good. Um, is there a bit in is there a bit in dead space you have to turn in your gun i think that might be true the one i remember is the one in bioshock because i remember like doing a bunch of grinding and then having to give all my stuff away and then getting it back with uh like not everything i had i was like oh, hey weird. i don't remember that at all it's um you have you need to deposit them in a thing to go do a boss fight and then you get them back after the boss fight is my oh, me- okay. my memory of how that went um but mm-hmm. i played that years and years ago that was that was the game that uh red ring my 360 that's why i've not finished bioshock it didn't red ring your 360. That's not how games work. It was the game in I was playing when my 360 red ringed, and thus I have not sure. finished it. 360's red ring, though, it's not a game that does it. <laughs> I, I obviously don't believe that, but I guess you're right. There's still like a teenage part of me that's like, oh, buy should kill my 360. <laughs> Just refusing to let go. <laughs> um, and then Nora asks, what are your favorite iconic pieces of video game marketing or infamous? Um, Nora shouts out the Turok, uh, name your child Turok ad. And then, or the Dead Space Mom ads? I don't remember those at all. I don't know what those are. Is the name a child Skyrim to get every Bethesda game in perpetuity? Um. Wait, what? Isn't there one where you name your kid like Dovahkiin or Skyrim to get every Bethesda game forever? Oh. I don't know. That's just called have Game Pass subscription. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, I, I have not paid a price as great as naming my child Dovahkiin to get every Bethesda game for free. Uh, I'm looking that up. I swear I remember this. If you give birth to a child on launch day and name them Dovahkiin, you get a lifetime supply of Bethesda games. I, however, have got a lifetime supply of Bethesda games uh, for uh, $50 a year. $50 a year is so much cheaper than a child. <laughs> How bad do they feel now that you can get that for $50 a year? Um, the one I always think of, and it's like not, it's it's famous, is, is the um, Nintendo Play It Loud stuff. I just thought it was very cool. Um, <laughs> at the time because it was peak 90s i got me to buy a game boy color um even though i was like like why do i want this because nintendo said i did god damn it you weren't immune yeah i was not immune um but generally i just feel like i don't remember a lot of video game ads uh the best video game ad is of course the advert for um the announcement for final fantasy 7 ps4 port what when they came out on stage and they showed final fantasy 7 running in a window and then that was it <laughs> before they announced remake and they they remember God. that trailer yes 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 i know what you mean now i was gonna say like you're acting like oh what is this but no that was hilarious i feel like i've been betrayed no 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 you're fine i guess i was thinking of like print ads and not trailers at video game shows 
Yeah, I guess so. Those are like catastrophically different things to me in my brain. Uh, I mean, I know of some print ads, but by my time I'm like purchasing my own video games, print ads are not really a driving force. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, okay. Um, me writes in. I remember back in the Game Gear Sonic episode, you talked about how a good hand adaptation was reinterpreting the original game through the lens of what the system is capable of. Um, thinking about it a lot, I realized that games like Pac-Man, World 2, the one frog, a 3D platform, or so on, are doing this process in reverse, bringing the core of an original, uh, of original into a new genre made possible by more powerful hardware. That being said, if you had to adapt a game from the late 70s, early 80s into a modern genre, what game and genre would you choose? Early 80s, man. I'm really underplayed in this era. Quantic Dreams, Portopia Serial Murder Case. Is that early 80s? Isn't that like 80s? I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? You can bend the rules here. Okay. Because like I, Ness is kind of where I stopped. But like that's the stuff I've gone back to, right? It's, yeah. Um, uh, I don't really have a good answer for this because I'm like all my favorite like old games have they didn't stop making like Mega Man or shooters, right? Like they all have. Right, tra- they did stop making Mega Man, in fact. You know what I mean, though. Like there is both side-scrolling shooters that still exist with the same like fundamental ideas, and modern three D interpretations of those ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. All of those things just exist, and there's you can draw the direct line. So there's no like if I said, oh, I didn't do Mega Man, but it's like a Metroid Prime, and you know, like that's just a direct line, right? Like it already exists. Um, not necessarily made by Capcom, but those you know th- those influences are there in in and around games. So I don't really have a good answer just because I'm too young, I'm too baby. Yeah, I was gonna say like my gut says Tempest, but um, they're make he's making Tempest. He's making Tempest. <laughs> You'll get Tempest. Don't worry about it. So, you know, I'm I'm fed. Yep. I wish there was more experimentation with this stuff. There's like, you know, like they bring out a new space invaders every like decade. And they're all pretty interesting and decent in their own ways. And uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition rips. And, you know, I think there's space to do this stuff. It's just that, like the companies that hold these IP are incompetent. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, uh, we have an anonymous email. Um, in light of Atlas and Nintendo collaborating on Tokyo Mirage Sessions, what series would you like to see translated into a Trauma Center-style game? Dr. Mario's an easy one, but let's do something better than that. Zelda. That's not what this email says, but I think we, that's the you know hope and dream. Zelda. What is the Zelda? Um you you're like doing injured like uh, the animals you're doing surgery on the animals of zelda after they've been injured um not okay. after like link i don't i don't want to like oh you're following link because link's doing the violence and you're healing them i just think the animals get into injury and you're doing like surgery on the zelda creatures um okay it's kind of fucked up but fair enough why is it fucked up? They just you have to write the plot where like, oh, I was flying and then I hit a thing and then you know, I, I'm not saying there has to be a necessarily dark tinge to it. Uh, it would just be a heartwarming story about like. I feel going like doing searching animals is like inherently provides a dark tinge to anything. No, you're just going around helping the, the people. 
I think I think my version of this is um, a Pikmin style game about being a ship mechanic on like a Pikmin ship. Just take out the surgery part, but like mechanic is the mechanic stuff is the surgery analog. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you get Atlas in here other than it's trauma center style video game. Um, they should do more Pikmin. That's basically where my heart is at at all times. Remember five years ago when me and Meta was like, Pikmin 4 is coming soon. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Emrys writes in, which of the following would make you put down a game the fastest and which would you put up with the longest if everything else is good or great? The options are graphical glitches slash bad graphics, bad music, interminable dialogue, bad narrative, clunky gameplay. Okay, so... Uh... If the interminable dialogue can't be skipped, that genuinely yeah, that might one. be the it's one. That one. Yeah, it's always they, that one. Because, um, dear, dear God, sometimes there's interminable dialogue in video games. Yeah. Uh, I'll put up um, with bad graphics and glitches all day, though. That's fine. Well, yeah, the clunky gameplay is number two for me. Um, like, if the dialogue's really, really bad, like, it's like, oh, a bunch of fucking gamer jokes that I'm punching out. But, like, if the jump button feels bad, um there's almost no saving you every once in a while there's an exception but it's so rare to be like notable in itself um this is just a tension that like you you've we've been discussing lately if do i always want to be the ps2 guy uh but then sometimes the, the i i just can't enjoy the bad games enough um yeah i don't have that i just want to play a good game um but like what is clunky like you know lost planet has clunky controls but i really like them i think those are I w- yeah i mean that's there's a difference between i guess clunky like there are satisfying controls that are clunky right like i there's plenty of games like weird awkward control schemes that i think are pretty cool because of all the things that make it interesting um but like if you're in a platform and your jump sucks there's nothing to save you i don't care how good your story is yeah but like, the thing for me is like there are the games that i can the people who are more living the ps2 game just slash like mid-tier uh early 2000 japanese game life that uh can get into games that are like little like i don't like shadow the hedgehog i think that game's appalling um i've not tried to play it because i know i won't like it and i shouldn't i should have a space in my heart for it because i love shadow uh and i love stupid games i love shadow too that's why i'm not playing shadow the hedgehog (laughs) uh but um the uh mission design is unconscionable it's awful it's i can't do it i uh and so there there is so i guess i just don't have the clunky gameplay strength that some people have uh yeah. i was right it was in my head because i was thinking like man one day i should play yakuza dead souls i bet i'll really like that and you were like no you won't you don't have the strength for it you're not that guy you just think you are yeah so we'll um, see one day i guess anyway the one i'll put up with the longest is bad music because i'll just turn off music and turn on something else that's not that's easy that's not even like a problem mm-hmm. you could the, a game could be 300 hours long and the music could be dog shit and i'll just turn the music off and watch youtube like no problem that's true easy um anyway those are all the questions uh like i said some some went into the overflow bucket for later um send podcasts to or emails to abnormal mapping podcast gmail.com um they can be about anything gaming related obviously uh and that's it next month we are biting off one of our big ones as we play mother three that's so true the sequel to earthbound the sequel to mother two yep um 
this game has a very famous fan translation. Um, version 1.3 just came out. If you happen to have an old version around, uh, they didn't change any of the dialogue or anything. It's just some bug fixes. But you know, if you're if you're like wanting to play along, there is a new version out there that you should go and get, um, and uh, update. If you're like rolling around with one of the older versions, it's honestly um, a little frustrating for me because when I ordered, I, I got a new Game Boy like mod situation recently, Game Boy Advance. Yeah, and the the shop just sent along a courtesy like repro mother three car like hey here's mother three you should play it but it's a 1.2 version obviously so i'm not gonna play that uh but if if that was still the main version i would be playing on a, a single cart not my like flash car because i think that's cute yep. that's cute nice to have around i guess yeah, it's, um, it's cool. just to have yeah um anyway um we'll be playing on original gbas of course modded gbas through flash carts um i've heard this works just well on a hacked uh 3ds even like the old versions like the old 3d not the new 3ds's you know um should be fine uh i know infamously uh early emulators had a hard time with the battle system but i'm regularly doing very well on my flashcard so that totally works and I, i've heard the 3ds works um so and also it's seemingly not that important if you're not getting it right or whatever so i wouldn't worry too much about it if you want to play along um i'm like two hours in i'm having a good time so far so um, we'll be doing that. Uh, please look forward to it because I've been wanting to play this for since it came out. <laughs> yeah, this um, is a big one. This is like one of our long time. We'll play this one day. Someday games. games yeah. yeah. Um, and that'll be all. Uh, Jackson plugs. Yeah, you can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast that we do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, there's a whole bunch of good podcasts over there that you should check out. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being, um, before I shout out the Patreon, I do want to shout out, uh, we have some podcasts of ours that are not on our network. If you would like to listen to bag and book club, which is an expert audio podcast that comes out every Monday, we've been reading through Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And we just started the Silmarillion. If you go to exportodd.io, I think that's how you would find the listing for bag and book club. And I also have a podcast uh, that I do with my friend autumn, where we watch Batman the animated series. It's like really casual. It's like half hour every week. Um, just going through that. Um, and that's good fun. Um, on our network, we have two game clubs that are not ours. Um, three, I guess, technically. We have Novel.New, which uh, I think they're working on Shenmue 3 still. Uh, we have The Safe Room, which has done two episodes, a uh, survival horror video game game club. Um, they just did the thing and they're about to do Silent Hill 2. And we have uh, Fate Moon Archive, which is going through all of the uh, Type Moon works. They're currently in um, Fate Stay Night, which is a great video game that people should play. Um, not in this list of things I played. I'm slowly chipping away at Hollow Exia, but that's going to take a, probably like two months because I don't play very fast. Um, but uh, yeah, that's everything. Uh, the Patreon. If you'd like to support me and Jackson, you can go to patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project every week. We are finishing Gundam Seed. Thank God. Get us the fuck out of there. Oh, we'll it's so bad. We'll be watching Superior Defender Gundam Force, which doesn't really matter. But actually, what matters is our backup show is Digimon Tamer. Woo! And we'll be talking about Digimon every week, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, for $5, you get Blockbusters. Once a month, we sit down and break down a classic, a major Hollywood movie, and it's script writing and stuff about it. We recently did iRobot. We're about to do... What's our next one? Oh, Soul. Soul. God, right. Yeah. That's next week. Um, and uh, for $10, you get VoIP Life, where every two weeks uh, we just kind of goof off. We just do, it's like a very casual, free uh, format podcast where often we talk about some gaming shit or read a list or talk about what we've been doing that doesn't fit into one of our podcasts neatly. 
Um, recently, I talked about watching all of Sword Art Online. If you'd like to know the suffering that I go through randomly and bring up on VoIP Life. It wasn't um, for anything. You just did that. I just did that for myself. Um, yeah, that's why I went on VoIP Life instead of anywhere else. Anyway, thank you so much for supporting us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Tell your friends. Come hang on our Discord. Um, you know, there's people talking about video games every day there. If you like to talk about any of the shows on our network um, or it's like our friends' networks, uh, you can find that stuff there. Um, and uh, that'll be it. Until next time, we don't have an outro. So that's it. <laughs> Goodbye.